This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Your first episode of the offseason officially. Congrats to the Atlanta Braves for defeating the Houston Astros in six. Special shout out to, of course, Jock Peterson for winning back-to-back World Series and Terrence Gore, I guess. But mostly (laughs) Jock Peterson. Fantastic career with the Dodgers. Always rooted for him. Remember when he came up as a rookie. So cool for him for excelling. We got a cool show today. We're going to cover some free agent news and we're going to give out our Dodgers grades. We're going back to school style, grading out all the players, sharing some hot takes, thoughts, and all that stuff. I want to read off the free agent list. Before I do that, though, David Rosenthal, what is your takeaway from Jock Peterson winning another World Series? I'm happy for him. Uh, I was definitely rooting for the Braves. Uh, Didn't want the Astros to get their, you know, first legitimate title. Uh, So I feel good about it. You know, it's... Since 2016, the Dodgers have either won the World Series or been beaten in the playoffs by the eventual World Series champion. Uh, I think of, I think that's a pretty damn good stat. Uh, some people say it's a little bittersweet. I think it's just, hey, you got to go through the Dodgers if you want to win the World Series. So congrats to Jock Peterson and the Atlanta Braves. They, they deserved it. They played the best out of any team in the playoffs, straight up. For sure. Jake Reiner repping a red hat today. At least it looks like it's red on my end. What's going yeah, on today? A little, little maroon for you there, Kevin. Um, I'm, I'm like David. I, I was rooting for the Braves. Um, if the Dodgers, it's sort of like the, the, the consolation for Dodgers fans. If they don't win the World Series, um, you don't want the Giants to win and you don't want the Astros to win. And so both of those things happened. Uh, which is 
fantastic because I don't know if I could stomach a an Astros World Series win. I definitely couldn't stomach a Giants World Series win. I think that would be worse um, just, just because they're in our division and the rivalry and all that. But mm-hmm. super happy for Jock Peterson. Um, super happy for Max Freed, too, local kid, uh, Harvard-Westlake grad. Uh, it was pretty cool uh, that Lucas Giolito and uh, Jack Flaherty, both of his teammates at Harvard-Westlake, were in attendance of that game. And they predicted that he would go six, and he dominated. And I just thought it was uh, it, it's amazing that we're marveling at the fact that he went six innings. But when you put it into context yeah. <laughs> of the fact that pitchers just don't go six innings anymore, especially in the playoffs, um, everything is is focused on the bullpen and and third time through the order and all of these analytics that they go through. Um, so it was nice to see a legitimate starter go a legitimate six innings, pitch a legitimate uh, uh, quality start. Uh, and yeah, you know, hats off to the Braves. They 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 earned it. I mean, you know, an 88 win team, you know, turned it on in the postseason and they earned it. Yeah, and Freddie shout out and Cena Little League too. Freddie yes. Freeman is semi-local too. He's from Fountain Valley, but he grew up an Angels fan. But he's one of the most likable guys in Major League Baseball. Won an MVP last season, and I know that there's a lot of Freeman fans out there, and he'll be a free agent. But out in the Giants camp, we have some big news. Today, it was announced by multiple people that cover the Giants that Buster Posey will be announcing his retirement Thursday afternoon. I mean, as Dodger fans, that's one, shocking, but also two, maybe a huge break for us because there's no guy that killed the Dodgers more than Buster Posey. But even as much as I hate the Giants, I have to acknowledge how great of a career Posey truly had. First ballot Hall of Famer in my book. And wow, if the Giants were able to beat the Dodgers in the postseason, who knows what would have happened. But I guess that was his last hurrah. So congrats on the next chapter. But yeah, Buster Posey retiring. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I feel like now, and I said this on Twitter, I can fully appreciate his career because I don't have to worry about him, uh, you know, destroying Dodgers pitching anymore. And he and he was, I mean, he was a uh, w- one of the best catchers uh, the game's ever seen. Um, and, you know, his resume speaks for itself. The three titles, the MVP, the rookie of the year, all of that stuff. Um he, he was the face of that franchise for, you know, as, as long as we can remember really um, before, I mean, it feels like the last face of that franchise was, was Barry Bonds. Um, and then it was Buster Posey all of a sudden. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I agree with Kevin. He's a first ballot hall of famer and uh, we can fully appreciate his, his career now, now that it, that it's coming to an end and good for him. I mean, he went out on top, he went out and had an incredible, offensive season for the giants um and 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 just played tremendously and and didn't do the whole like um you know go around the league kind of like thank you goodbye tour not really his style if you if you've ever really paid attention to him he's he's not really much for showboating or anything like that and then the other thing i'll just say about him is that he he was the guy that you know the buster posey rule is why we don't see collisions at the plate anymore for better or for worse yep uh sad day for giants fans not so much for me i uh, don't really have to worry about him in the lineup anymore uh fun stat i did see is he faced clayton kershaw more than any other pitcher in his entire career and vice versa so clayton kershaw faced him more than any other hitter in his career so 
cool stat. Uh, but you got the better end of that deal. I I think he slashed around two fifty with like a seven something OPS. So I, that's I impressive. Guess, yeah, actually, I, I would say Buster probably had the slight edge. Um, but I don't think Clayton Kershaw is going to join him in retirement anytime soon, frankly. <laughs> Well, Posey's last game will go down as a loss to the Dodgers in the playoffs. But yep. speaking of free agents, it's officially that time of the year, and we have 11 Dodgers officially on the free agent market. The list goes as followed. Danny Duffy, Cole Hamels, both never, Hardly actually, knew ye. Both yeah. never <laughs> actually pitched for the Dodgers. Kenley Jansen, Clayton Kershaw, Corey Knable, Jimmy Nelson, Albert Pujols, Max Scherzer, Corey Seager, Steven Souza Jr., and Chris Taylor. Pretty loaded class right there. Might be the most stacked Dodgers free agent class of all time. It was like I said, this is the most complicated offseason for Andrew Friedman and, and co. Uh, th- these are the, this is the, the most holes that he's going to have to fill, the most question marks. Um, a lot of these guys have been under team control with, for seems like forever. Um, and so this, this is going to be one hell of an offseason. Yeah, it's it's the Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers front office have their work cut out for him. This is not going to be an easy situation to navigate. There's going to be touch a ton of tough decisions. They're going to have other teams courting these guys. You got a whole other situation to deal with with another starting pitcher. Uh, it's it's going to be a mess. There's you know they're going to sign a couple of these guys at least, but this is by far the toughest offseason Andrew Friedman will have had uh, as a as the leader of the Dodgers front office. And the qualifying offer deadline is coming up fast. It's worth noting that Max Scherzer and Kenley Jansen aren't eligible to receive qualifying offers because they have previously uh, received one and those two chose to reject it. But that does mean I think that the Dodgers will offer one to Corey Seager, obviously. He'll probably decline it. Oh, he, oh he's already offer, declined it and they haven't offered it. <laughs> they'll offer one to Clayton Kershaw. We don't know what could happen there because of Kershaw's injury woes. So that'll actually be interesting to see what happens. And Chris Taylor, I think, is on the fence where he might fetch a big enough contract in free agency where he's kind of close to being worth $18 million or so a year. Maybe not quite, but regardless, I think Chris Taylor might have a tough decision to make. Yeah, I, I think it's a no. I think it's going to be a no-brainer for the Dodgers to offer these qualifying offers to those three guys. Uh, not even in the hopes that they'll accept him, but if they don't accept him and that player leaves, the Dodgers would get back a draft pick as compensation. So it, it makes logistical sense. And like Kevin said, I think the only possible uh, accepting of the qualifying offer would be Chris Taylor. I don't think Kershaw is going to do it. I think if he's going to come back, he's going to want some kind of possibly a two-year deal at most. Uh, and Seager, like I said, has already declined it, but it, Honestly, I don't think anybody accepts it. I think Chris Taylor, this is his one off season where he's going to seek out a, a long-term deal with some stability with, you know, a contract worth more than 17 or 18 million, but you never know with the lockout and the CBA looming, you could see it. You could, you could, I, it wouldn't shock me if Kershaw or, or Taylor accepted it. And this will probably happen by the next time we record, but all signs indicate that the Dodgers will decline the club option on Joe Kelly. They'll pay him $4 million so that they don't have to pay him $12 million in total next season. And it's also been reported that he won't be ready to start the next season. 
due to the injury that he suffered in the NLCS. But I think it's time to do our grades now. And this will start with Jake Reiner. So why don't you kick us off? All right. So first player that I want to talk about is Will Smith. And when we talk about these guys, should I, should I just mention what, how we graded them or we'll go down the line? Yeah, no, no, just go for it. Okay. So, uh, so I graded Will Smith an A. Uh, David also graded Will Smith an A and Kevin graded Will Smith a B big surprise. Um, (laughs) I, I think that Will Smith, this was his first full season as the Dodgers catcher. You could make the argument for 2020, but that was not technically a full season. This was the full 162 for Will Smith. Obviously he didn't play all those games, but the full season for him. And he, he did everything you could ask for him from a catcher, from a catching perspective. I mean, that position notoriously is not, uh, you know, the most offensive heavy position where you expect a lot of offense, uh, offensive production, but this guy provided it. I mean, he hit uh, 25 home runs, career high, 76 RBIs, um, an 860 OPS. And then in the postseason, he hit three home runs. He hit 250 with an 865 OPS. So he pretty much did exactly what he did during the regular season, smaller sample size in the postseason. It just seems like this guy always comes up in the right spot and, and delivers. And so I think, and also the, the other, the other reason why I gave him an A and, and I think we can all agree on this is that his catching has gotten a lot better. His game calling has gotten a lot better. He, you know, he needs a little bit more work on, you know, holding onto the baseball and throwing runners out, but overall did a great job with his pitching staff so much so that basically Austin Barnes was left at, you know, left at the dance. They, they barely even used Austin Barnes. Um, they, they used him once in a while, but it wasn't like they needed to rely so heavily on Austin Barnes, like, like when Yasmani Grandal couldn't perform and they had to put Barnes in there, uh, towards the end of Grandal's career as a Dodger. So for me, Will Smith was everything you could have asked for from him. All right. Next we got Max Muncie and it was a clean sweep from all three of us. We all gave him ace, uh, arguably the Dodgers most valuable player this season, Played in 144 games, 36 home runs, 94 RBIs, 895 OPS. He was he was Mr. Consistent for pretty much the whole year. He he struggled for about two or three weeks uh, mixed in there. And then obviously you saw the impact of not having him had on the Dodgers play in the playoffs. Uh, they, they were not the same team without Max Muncie. It caused a ripple, ripple effect in the lineup. Uh, you had to move Bellinger to first, shift around the outfield. Then you had a... You, unstability in the outfield. It was a mess without Max Muncy. He was the anchor pretty much the whole year was in the MVP race up until, you know, pretty much the last couple of weeks of the season uh, was in top 10 in war for pretty much the whole year finished 22nd in baseball and in, in war. Well, I mean, what can you say about Max Muncy? He, he had a phenomenal season. Uh, and I think the best indicator of how valuable he was to the Dodgers is what happened in the playoffs. Yep. Offensively and defensively. Yeah. I mean, he, he is a a force of stability at first base and in the four hole in the lineup and arguably had his best season in the majors. Yeah. It just sucked that, that it had to end that way in a meeting and what turned out to be a meaningless game. Yep. (laughs) Um, Next up, we've got uh, Trey Turner 
And Kevin graded Trey Turner an A, David gave him a B plus, and I gave him an A minus. And the minus is just for what happened in the postseason. Um, just didn't just didn't show up. Uh, he didn't show up. Corey Seager didn't really show up. Mookie Betts didn't really show up, mainly in the NLCS is what I'm referring to. But Trey Turner, um, this guy won the batting title uh, in the National League. He was a huge reason why the Dodgers were able to remain in the race in the NL West. A huge part of that Max Scherzer trade that we got. And he was he was phenomenal. A little shaky at second base, but that was to be expected, given the fact that he's played more games at shortstop. So you give him a little bit of a break there. But the guy was a spark plug. He was able to create base hits and RBIs with his legs. Uh, he, you know, had 32 stolen bases this year. He had a 911 OPS. Like I said, won the batting title, hit 328 this year, uh, and 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 hit 28 home runs. I mean, what more? What more could you want from a guy like this? Obviously, the stuff in the postseason really was just not ideal, uh, and it would have been really nice if he could have performed a little bit more in the postseason. Given what David just described, you know, of what happened to Max Muncie, it would have been nice if someone else had stepped up and and shouldered that weight. But hey, I mean, the guy's going to be under control for another year with the Dodgers. I know we've talked about maybe he's going to be a trade chip at some point, but. I hope they keep them. I hope they keep them long term because this guy is a is is a is a franchise player, and he's and I think he's underrated by uh, a, a lot of people across baseball. Yeah, you said it best. He came to the Dodgers and was even better by batting three thirty eight and had a nine fifty OPS over fifty two games. So awesome stuff for Trey Turner. Yeah. All right, next up we got Corey Seager, and I gave Corey Seager an A. David gave Seager a B and Jake gave Corey Seager an A. I mean, unfortunately in what was Seager's potentially final year with the daughters, we were kind of robbed of what could have been an awesome 162. We only got 95 games out of him, but when he was on the field, he was absolutely effective. He had a slash line of 306, 394 and a 521 slugging uh, 16 home runs, 57 RBIs. Yeah, he was a little disappointing in the postseason in the latter half of the NLCS, but those games two and games three, he set the table with those two-run home runs, and he had a big hit in uh, game five of the NLDS, tying it up or giving us the lead before Darren Ruff tied it up, I should say, at that 1-1 score. But yeah, 108 hits. And the big thing with Seager, a lot of people knocked him defensively. He wasn't as big of a liability this season. He actually held it down for the most part, and you didn't have to really – uh, faint or lose your breath every time he fielded a ball. Although I know a lot of people don't like his backhands, but good stuff for Corey Seager and what could be that last year with the Dodgers. All right. Next up is Justin Turner. Uh, I gave him a B Kevin gave him a B and Jake gave him an A. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think I probably should have upped my grade on him because yep. he, he had a very, very, very consistent season. Not only did the, he lead the team in hits, he led the team in at-bats as well and games played for a 36-year-old third baseman who people were doubting if he could stay healthy. Uh, obviously, the last couple games in the playoffs, tough break. But uh, for the whole course of the season, he was out there more than any other Dodger was out there. 278 average, 832 OPS, 27 home runs, 87 RBIs. Model of consistency for this Dodgers team. He, he's the heart and soul. He played more than anybody out there exceeded my offensive expectations by quite a bit uh, and pretty much held his own defensively disappeared there at the end in the postseason. 
Uh, I think he was dealing with some just overall health issues, not just the, the injury, but I think he was just worn down there at the end. Uh, so I think going forward next season, I think it'd be wise for the Dodgers to uh, try to mix in some, you know, some more rest days for him. Obviously they were, they were basically, their hands were tied because their bench was just so atrocious that they needed him out there. But uh, overall great season from Justin Turner. And also I'll just point out the fact that he hit 27 home runs, which ties his career high at 36 years old. And for me, the fact that he disappeared in the postseason was, was not ideal, but the fact that over the course of his Dodgers career leads pretty much every offensive category in the postseason for the franchise. I, I you know, you, you can't say enough about him. Yeah. I gave him a B cause he just faded away in the second half batted 241 and was abysmal in the playoffs. Maybe he just played too many games. Like you guys pointed out. Yeah. He was just, he was just worn down. I mean, what can you say, but overall great season. Uh, next guy on the list is, uh, is AJ Pollock. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been hard on Pollock. I think we've all been hard on Pollock at times. I mean, he has sort of been like the forgotten son in a lot of ways, um, just with the entire, uh, Dodger, you know, the powerhouse that is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all the stars on the team, but how we graded him, Kevin graded him with a B plus David and I graded him with an A and, yeah, I mean, he he really did perform this season. Um, and, you know, when you take a look at the fact that the Dodgers dealt with so many injuries throughout the year, this dude held it down offensively. Between him and Chris Taylor, there was a period there where these two guys were carrying this team offensively. And it was great to see. Um, you look at overall with A.J. Pollock, he hit 21 home runs, um, and he drove in 69 runs. 297 average, 892 OPS. Um, and then in the postseason, man, I mean, that was then one knock on him uh, with the Dodgers is that he couldn't hit in the postseason. Well, in this postseason, he hit 314, two yep. home runs, nine RBIs. I mean, that's just awesome. A 933 OPS. Um, and he made some pretty great defensive plays too, uh, robbing a, a home run in San Diego. He's got a bit of a noodle arm, which is kind of annoying. But other than that, I mean, he was just great. And to have a guy like that, a veteran guy at the bottom of the order that can produce the way he can produce is just phenomenal. And unfortunately, the Dodgers weren't able to win that series against the Braves, but he was a huge reason why that series went back to Atlanta. Everybody talks about Chris Taylor's three home runs in game five. Well, Pollock at two. So the, the not, I mean, the, the guy is basically uh, what, what Andrew Friedman paid him for is, is what he delivered in 2021. Outplaying his contract. Mm -hmm. Next up, Cody Bellinger. I gave Bellinger a D David and Jake gave him a C. All I got to say is your guys' picks reek of recency bias because his 2021 season was really bad until the playoffs. I mean, he hit 165 with a 240 on base. He only had 10 home runs, 36 RBIs. There was a bit of a moment where it seemed like Bellinger found himself in the second half, but then he really tailed off. But thankfully, he, this is where he really shined was the postseason. He was essentially our lightning bolt with some iconic moments, had that big home run in the comeback during the NLCS. Obviously had the big hit in game five, put the Dodgers over on top against the Giants. 
but I feel like you guys want to chime in on Cody Bellinger and why you gave him a C. I'll just, I'll just say this real quick. The C grade has nothing to do with recency bias. It has, it has a lot to do with the fact that the dude just missed the the majority of the season because of injuries. And so I, I cut him a little slack is why I gave him a C. I'm in the same camp. Uh, A lot of these injuries aren't really his fault. Uh, And he found himself in the playoffs. Like, like we said on the, like I said on the last episode, Dodgers don't win uh, the uh, NLDS without Cody Bellinger period. Yep. Uh, And look, he's, he found himself and I'm super looking forward to the Cody Bellinger resurgence in 2022. They also don't win that wildcard game without him. Yep. Next up, we got Mookie Betts. Clean sweep across the board. Bs for Mookie Betts. I mean, just to sum up his season, he got off to a really slow start, was still somehow able to get elected to the all-star team, chose to sit out, and it looks like that kind of benefited him. Despite being bothered by hip problems all season long, ended up finishing the year hitting 264, 367 on base, 854 OPS overall, 23 home runs, 58 RBIs, Neither are that great, but considering that he's a leadoff hitter, he was able to score 93 runs and he was able to swipe 10 bags. Had a very big game five where he went four for four against the Giants, but that was probably his ceiling right there because he wasn't much of a factor in the NLCS. But yeah, you know, Mookie was hard on himself too. And I think he might even give himself a C because he overall was pretty disappointed with his effort. But despite all those adversity moments that I talked about, Got to give bees to Mookie Betts. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty average, average season for Mookie Betts. But like you said, didn't seem quite healthy until the very end there. Next up, we have Chris Taylor. And I'm curious as to why you both David and Kevin gave him an A minus. I'm curious. I want to hear about that in a second, but I gave him a flat A. I assume that the minus is maybe for his dip in the second half, but Chris Taylor, the all-star, the guy that uh, carried this team along with A.J. Pollock offensively when when injuries were just eating this team alive, came through in the postseason with a huge walk-off home run to put the Dodgers into the division series, um, had those that three-home run game in Game 5, which I touched on. But this guy was everything the Dodgers needed. Um, even with the injury to Justin Turner late in the CS, he was able to fill in at third base. I mean, he can play all over the diamond. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first half, the pre all-star was pretty special. I mean, he hit 277 pre all-star with a 834 OPS hit 10 home runs and drove in 46 runs. I mean, he, he was, you know, an all-star in every sense of the word. Um, but I will, I will say though, that he did, even though his second half was a little weak, he had about 223 after the All-Star break, he did manage to hit 10 home runs. So he matched his pre-All-Star home run level with 10 um, to give him a total of 20 if you're doing math at home. But yeah, he he basically was, uh, you know, a, a catalyst for this team um, in, in the moments where they needed him the most. And that's really all that, that you can really say about Chris Taylor. He was always in the right place at the right time. And he delivered. Yeah. Week second or yeah. Weaker second half. That, that was all it was. You were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, the week second half and also 167 strikeouts on the year, that's 32% of his at bats and then a strikeout uh, phenomenal season. But that's why, that's why he got the minus next to the A for me. 
All right. Next, we have Gavin Lux. Uh, I was the high watermark with a B. Jake gave him a B minus, and Kevin gave him a C. Uh, I gave him a B because although he didn't have the absolute most successful season at the plate, he was kind of thrust into a lot of difficult situations. He had to play shortstop when Seager uh, went down initially, which is his natural position, but was not something he expected to do. Worked all offseason to play second base, then moved back to second base, then moved back to the outfield, went back to the minors. So he was all over the place. But towards the end there, he came alive. And we saw a lot of flashes from Gavin Lux. Uh, the overall numbers on the season won't necessarily paint the entire picture. 242 average, 692 OPS, seven home runs, 46 RBIs. But his speed and his bat came alive quite a, quite a bit at the end there. And I'm, I'm very excited for what the future holds for Gavin Lux. I think all in all, Gave him, I gave him a B strictly because of all the, the tough situations he was put. He's never played outfield in his life, had to go play outfield, and overall just, just kind of did his job for the most part. So I think he had a pretty solid season. Not what we were anticipating, but given the circumstances, pretty solid. Also, I cut him, I cut him some slack for the injuries, but also the fact that, that there were no minor leagues in 2020. Yeah. So you know, he'll, he'll bounce back. He's, he's a great talent. And, and something that we brought up during our last episode, which is why did he not get more at bats and more pinch hit opportunities in that national league championship series? It just doesn't make any sense to me. That's the full-time second baseman next year. You guys were way too generous. I will, I will say he was average at best this season. He had a 91 WRC plus that's below league average. Yeah, you can make all the excuses in the world, but they handed him the second base job. He did not capitalize on that opportunity. I think he had 242 on the year, multiple stints in the minors. And that's why I gave him a C. He was average. He was not above average this year. Moving on, we got Matt Beatty. Speaking of average, I gave him a C minus. <laughs> David and Jake gave him a C. Not much to say about Beatty other than solid pinch get pinch hit guy off the bench but there was a weird part of the year where they sent him down to the minors and he was mia for about a month and there seems to be some tension between dave roberts and Beatty, but more on that development later yeah, in the offseason really really weird it's a strange one yeah just what the hell is going on over there man it, it started in the beginning of the season two when we talked about this at length during that just abysmal cub series um in chicago uh that double header Kershaw pitched one inning and got shelled all of that. Beatty was nowhere to be found during those games. And he was actually on fire. And I believe this is, this is in like in May, I believe. Um, and he just come off that, that grand slam that he hit in Milwaukee. Um, you know, so that was weird back then. Yeah. Super weird season for him. Next up on the slate, Austin Barnes. We all gave him a C. Not much to say other than, you know, he's a very solid backup catcher, had another decent season, and he did his purpose. So I think that's all we have to say about Austin Barnes. Yeah. Next, we got Albert Pujols. Uh, myself and Jake gave him an A. I'm and offended Kevin, by this. Yeah, and Kevin gave him a C+. Plus. I want to give him the floor in a minute, but because I, I just don't understand how you could possibly I'm, give I'm, him a C+. Plus. I'm offended. I am but offended. All I have to say for the A crowd is when we signed Albert Pujols, I expected him to get about maybe five to 10 hits on the season. Uh, and basically all this dude did was come through against left-handed pitching. 
He had 12 home runs on the season, uh, 48 hits. I think he was OPSing like above 900 against lefties. So Kevin, the floor is yours. I gave Albert Pujols a C plus because he's not an A player. First of all, I mean, if you want to put things into context for his role, he is an A player. Well, and then that's why I was prepared for the, this context argument. He never really seemed to come up with the big hit. There were numerous opportunities where Pujols, yeah, I know he's old. He could be 50, but he never actually really came through when it mattered at most. It seemed like the joke with Pujols was he always came through when it was meaningless situations. I remember at least one game-winning hit for him. At least one. I remember it. I think it might have been in Colorado. Okay, well if it's against the Rockies that might as well not count to me because that team sucks. But yeah, point being Pujols was fine. Veteran role player loves his presence in the clubhouse, but on the field play just didn't quite do enough for me. And yes, I know anything he did was a bonus, but at the end of the day, I'm giving out grades. So I'm putting it into that perspective. Albert Pujols is 65 years old. What more did you expect from him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he exceeded all <laughs> any and all expectations. Uh, you know, we we thought that this would be an experiment that would last a week or two. I mean, let alone the entire rest of the season. Well, when we get to the next few guys, it, it makes sense why Pujols was able to stick around. <laughs> um, That's cruel. All right. Uh, up next is uh, my man, Zach McKinstry. I really like Zach McKinstry because um, I'll explain why in a minute, but let me go through the grades. So Kevin uh, gave him a D and both uh, David and I gave him a C. And yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be Kike Hernandez's replacement and it looked good for a minute Um, in April and March. uh, He was lighting the world on fire. He was at 296. He had three home runs, 14 RBIs, and an 883 OPS. And then literally nothing since then. Uh, He got injured, and then that was the end of Zach McKinstry. He came back in June, um, hit about 265, slugged a couple of more home runs, uh, 12 RBIs, and then in July, he hit two more home runs. So not a terrible season for Zach McKinstry, and I cut him a little slack because of the injuries, but – Overall, he just uh, wasn't a factor, and it would have been nice for him to be a factor given how depleted the bench was and how and how bad they were. It would have been nice to have Zach McKinstry come back, but when he started off in 2021, it looked like moving on from Kike Hernandez was a terrific move by Friedman, but unfortunately, the injury bug hit him, and then he just wasn't the same after that. Definitely. All right. Luke Rayleigh. I gave him an F. David was nice and gave him a D minus. Jake gave him an F. He doesn't deserve more than 10 seconds here, but he was really bad. We saw way more of Rayleigh than I wanted to this season. And he hit, he gave us a 182 batting average. So thanks a lot, Luke. Next up, Sheldon noisy, clean sweep, all F's. This was another guy I was actually excited about when they initially acquired him. He was slashing in the minors, hitting like 300 never panned out for the daughters was one of the worst hitters on the season finished by batting 169 and had a whopping one walk with the daughters. And he had that notorious awful air where he didn't stretch or whatever. And you could argue that's why the daughters didn't win the division against the giants. But yeah, Sheldon noisy was a major disappointment this season. 
From one disappointment to another, we go to Billy McKinney. Uh, Kevin gave him an F. Uh, David gave him a D, and I gave him a C minus. I was the nicest of the three of us. Um, yeah, uh, I, I may have to revise that. Um, at least I gave him a, um, a lesser grade than McKinstry. Um, I, I actually would put McKinstry higher, or maybe I should just give McKinney a D. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the reason I gave him a C minus, though, was not because of his stats, was because he um, did have, you know, he did work the count. I mean, the bar is very low here, but when when Max Muncy went down, he was able to uh, play first base and, and, and be quite decent at it um, coming in in the later innings for, for defensive purposes. And so that's, that's what I say about Billy McKinney, but yeah, he, he just, he just didn't pan out either. All right. The final two stinkers, Edwin Rios. I'm the only one that gave him a grade, gave him an F due to obvious reasons. He just sucked and then got hurt. <laughs> I mean, he was Hell, hurt. He was hurt, man. Yeah. Well, it's we not even worth a grade. He, we don't know when he got hurt and he should have said something before it escalated. <laughs> so that's also on him. And then finally, DJ Peters. I don't know why you guys didn't grade him because they actually gave him a ton of reps during spring training. They were trying to essentially groom him into being a bench player. They gave him the opportunity. He took a lot of strike threes down the middle. Did have that home run against Alex Wood, his first home run in Major League Baseball. But then they decided to designate him for assignment. And now he's a Texas Ranger. So that's a lot of home runs and mashed. I didn't give him a grade because he only had 26 at bats. I didn't think that's a fair shake to be graded on. Well, you got to consider spring training too, in my opinion. But yeah, that's that's a fair argument. Um, so yeah, that's going to conclude the hitters. So if you guys wanted to add anything else, any takeaways or any last minute comments you have before we move on to the pitchers, I mean this this offense was was pretty um, underwhelming. I would say collectively throughout the season um, there, there were flashes in the pan. We've talked about the run differential and how stupid that stat is. When you look at the 2021 Dodgers um, because they'd score 20 runs one day and zero the next. And it was just that every other game, it seemed there were good stretches. There were stretches where they were, where they really hit well. Um, but overall, I mean, I mean, maybe we should give the, the offense an overall grade right now. And I'm just going to give them, a B minus straight up B for me. I'll give him a B plus two hit or miss two all or nothing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, and, and also just the, and just the, just the approach at the plate was, was abysmal. Some of these games, just not, not what we're used to seeing with, with Dodger baseball. Like that some of these at bats were just bad and just, just, you know, one, two, three innings that were like six pitch innings from this offense. Just not a good approach either. Now it's time to cover your Dodgers pitchers. That means starting pitchers and relievers. This will be a more exciting segment in my opinion, because this Dodgers pitching staff all season long, essentially carried what was an inconsistent Dodgers offense. So let's get that one started right now. And first up on the pitching slate is uh, Jake. I believe you got Walker Buehler, right? Yep. Walker Bueller, the ace of this staff this year. And at one point I thought he was going to win the Cy Young award. And for all of us, we gave him an A across the board. And I think that even with his sort of second half, um, not even second half, but like 
down, down the stretch last month or so of the season where he kind of had a few hiccups. I don't think that that mattered to, to any one of us because he just carried and he was the guy when they needed him called upon to pitch on three days rest twice in the playoffs, which was unfortunate. The first time I understood why they asked him to do it, but the second time should have been Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller just is that guy. I mean, and, and, and you look at what he did this season. Um, this was by far the most innings he's ever thrown. Uh, he pitched 207 and two thirds innings. The previous mark that he hit, that was his career high was in 2019 at 182 and a third inning. So nowhere near uh, the 200 mark that he hit this year. And overall, I mean, the guy was uh, 16 and four. He had a 2.47 ERA and he had a whip of 0.97, 212 strikeouts. Just a, just a great season. Um, and he's going to get a lot of Cy Young votes. I don't think he's going to win, but he's going to get a lot of consideration. Unfortunately, in the postseason, he wasn't as sharp. And I think that's because he just was gassed. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll touch on this when whoever talks about Julio Urias, but both of those guys were just overworked uh, and they had to pitch every fifth day. And because the Dodgers were in it till the very end, I mean, the last couple of months of the season, they couldn't really afford to give these guys breaks because the Giants were dominating the NL West. That's why they were gassed by the playoffs. And so, unfortunately, that's why you saw uh, this postseason. Walker Bueller had a 4.91 ERA uh, and a whip of 1.69. Uh, just not the dominant self that we're used to seeing him, but overall, a terrific year. Yeah, I got Julio Urias. I gave him an A. David gave him an A. And Jake gave him an A+. And he was definitely well-deserved of those grades. I mean, first of all, this was essentially his first full season as a major league pitcher. And he threw 185 and two-thirds innings during the regular season. Hadn't even been anything close to that prior to that. The only 20-game winner in major league baseball. um, First 20-game winner as a Dodger or since Clint Kershaw to reach 20 games. 296 ERA had a slightly better FIP than Bueller 313. The whip was pretty solid, slightly a tick above one. And yeah, I think more of his postseason failures as we have touched upon in previous episodes, wasn't necessarily on him, but it was more Dave Roberts using him in the wrong spots. I think having him come out of the bullpen in that game too, we already talked about this really threw off his groove when it was his time to start. Yeah, I can't say enough about Urias. Uh, This podcast predicted that he was going to have a breakout season. And when we were talking about how he was in the best shape of his life coming into this season, he absolutely delivered. And he is arguably another ace in Major League Baseball. Next up, we got Clayton Kershaw. I gave him a B plus. Kevin and Jake gave him Bs. People forget that before he got injured, he was top three in war for pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, he was having a phenomenal, phenomenal season before he went down at the end of uh, July, I think it was. Uh, can't say enough about him. He, he labored out there towards the end, tried to come back, got hurt, tried to come back, came back, got hurt again. Uh, but overall, still a pretty solid season for him. 10-8, and 8, 355 ERA, 22 starts, 120 innings. 
144 strikeouts was basically just, you know, a, a stabilizing force when he was out there. It was quality start after quality start, uh, six innings whenever you needed it. And it's unfortunate that he went down, uh, obviously heading into his free agency. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's going to retirement and I don't think he's ever going to throw another pitch for another team. Uh, but not the, not the finish to Clayton Kershaw's season that we, that anyone had hoped, but overall still, uh, still a successful campaign for him. All right. <laughs> I'm laughing because I added Trevor Bauer to the list and we didn't want, and they didn't, we had my two co-hosts here. They didn't want to participate. We got one lol come on and we got another F you. I'll keep those anonymous unless they want to reveal themselves, but I gave Bauer an F. I mean, if you actually look at his regular season numbers, he did pitch 107 innings. He had an ERA of 259, although he did have a fit of 403. So I guess he wasn't as good as his numbers might indicate. He also was a he. He also tied was in the tie for most home runs given up as a Dodger, which is kind of funny given the fact that he missed essentially half the year. Bueller pitched nearly double the innings and only gave up 19 home runs as opposed to Bauer, who pitched 107. 19 home runs but yeah obviously the f the low come on all that is because bauer's an asshole he really screwed this team over he is not going to decline his player options so now the dodgers are in this very very messy situation where they have to bank on essentially major league baseball suspending him so that they don't have to pay him that 30 something million dollars but yeah oh boy trevor bauer thanks a lot dude on a on a lighter note max scherzer i gave him an a David gave him a B plus and Jake gave him an A minus. I'm actually curious why you guys didn't give him a solid A, but we'll get to that in a second. As a Dodger, he gave them 11 starts during the regular season, a 198 ERA, 7 and 0, never lost a start um, technically. I know they did lose a game he started in the postseason, but point being 196 FIP, a whip of 0.820. He did all the, he was just, I don't know what to say. He might win the Cy Young. He was just that dominant as a Dodger. Obviously he's a free agent now. Would love to bring him back. He's probably going to chase one final big contract, but this guy started the wild card game for them. Unfortunately, it seemed like he ran out of gas and he did run out of gas because he didn't want to pitch in game six when they were really, really counting on him. But up to that point, Scherzer was dominant and you could argue the best pitcher on this staff. I won't go too long, but I'll just say this. I respect Scherzer for what he did for this team. They kept him in the postseason hunt, or I should say the NL West hunt, and he was really dominant at times. But the knock on him was is that he didn't do what we traded him for, which was to win playoff games and to be another one of our aces because of how depleted this Dodgers rotation was. And so for that, I, I gave him an A-. minus. Same page. All right. Next, we got Tony Gonsolin. Kevin gave him a D. I gave him a D minus, and Jake gave him a D. Just not a great season for Tony Gonsolin. Yes, the stats are a lot better than the reality. 323 ERA and 13 starts, 55 innings, uh, eight home runs, and a 135 whip. But whether he was injured or couldn't go deep in games, they wouldn't let him go past three innings. There's just no confidence in this man right now. You know, I, I would not be shocked to see him traded in the offseason. Uh, I think it's a very real possibility that they're going to try to flip him for either some kind of talent 
uh, or another starter that they can who can actually eat innings because Tony Gonsolin has proven that he is not capable of eating innings, at least right now. Uh, they're not confident with him more than two times through the lineup. And when you look at when you look at next year's starting rotation, you're going to need guys who can go six or seven innings. And Tony Gonsolin, at least not at least right now, is not that guy. Not that guy, pal. No, he is not. Another guy that's not that guy, pal, is David <laughs> <Yes>. Bryce. <laughs> higher, higher paid version of the same thing. Yeah, and D's across the across the board for David Price uh, for all three of us. Yeah, again, a guy that we needed to. To, to, do, to do something, um, whether that was come out of the bullpen uh, or uh, make a spot start, be a starter in this rotation, just wasn't able to do pretty much any of that. Um, he, he basically, uh, he had a 392 ERA as a starter and a 418 ERA as a reliever. I mean, basically a wash there. I mean, he just wasn't, he just wasn't good. Um, and you know, it's just unfortunate too, because, you know, he was five, he was five and two, but the record doesn't really matter. He had a 403 ERA, a whip of 1.43. He only pitched 73 innings, but that's because he split time in the bullpen. Um, Yeah. It would have been nice had he been a, a a contributing factor. I mean, he is 36. um, But again, there are a lot of players that are that age, you know, that are, dominating this league like Max Scherzer. So I don't really know if it's an age thing, but yeah, just not good. I could see him in a trade package with Tony Gonsolin. Just putting that out there for who? (laughs) Well, it's more of a, uh, we'll, we'll give you Tony Gonsolin. If you take David price type of situation, Mm. just to clear some finances, there's going to be some teams who believe in Tony Gonsolin and I'm not sure the Dodgers have given up on him, but to get rid of David price, you're going to have to include something. I think this is Tony's last year. To, I mean, if they do keep him, this is this is the last year for him to prove yeah. it. All right, next we got Mitch White. Uh, I gave him a B, Jake gave him a B, and Kevin gave him a C. I liked what I saw from Mitch White this year. Uh, he had his moments. I think it was against Pittsburgh where he came in relief and went seven or seven and two-thirds innings scoreless. Uh, had a couple good starts this year. I like the talent a lot. He's got good jump on the fastball. The curveball is gorgeous. Uh, 366 ERA this year. 118 whip, 46 innings, four starts, uh, 17 appearances in relief. I liked I liked what he gave him this year. He 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 succeeded in multiple roles, and I, I wish they would have given him a shot down the stretch in the playoffs when when you had your starters go down and it was just down to Bueller and Arias. I would have liked to see them give Mitch White a chance. Uh, when Joe Kelly went down. You could have brought him on to the roster there. You could have done it. And I, that's, that's something that I'm going to be thinking about for the next, you know, a couple months until we get into this off season is what if, what if they gave Mitch White a chance? I, I liked what I saw from him this year. Wouldn't have mattered because the bats flat out stunk. How about Edwin? You <laughs> maybe the worst pitcher to take the mound for the Dodgers this season Although there's there is another couple guys coming up. I later. can't believe you didn't give Usetta an F minus. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do worse than an F. An F I didn't is a give failure. him an F. I didn't he give him an fa- F. Yeah, David gave him a D for David, I guess. And Jake <laughs> gave him an F. He was flat out bad. Six sixty four ERA. Um, anytime he took them out for the Dodgers, whether it was three nothing or ten nothing, you felt like he was going to give up the lead. 
this dude was a walking disaster and he ends his Dodgers tenure being designated for assignment. And now he is actually an Arizona Diamondback. So way to go. You said a way to go to a better organization. Not I, uh, I gave him a D strictly because I think his changeup is awesome. That's a, that's a phenomenal changeup. All right. Anyway, uh, Dustin may, uh, the Oof. sad, the sad year of Dustin May. A's across the board from us. He only pitched in five games, I believe. What was it? Five starts. Yep, five starts. Twenty-three innings, thirty-five strikeouts, two seventy-four ERA. I think he was going to finish in the top seven of the Cy Young if he had stayed healthy and the Dodgers had let him go. Uh, you know, without can you imagine? Can you imagine him in the playoffs? Yeah, that, oh. this uh, uh, there is a very, very, very strong case to be made that the most significant loss of this Dodgers season was Dustin May. Uh, yes, Seager went down. Yes, Bellinger went down. Yes, Scherzer went down at the end. Muncy, all these guys went down. But I think Dustin May is the most significant injury of this entire team. It changed the entire landscape of the pitching rotation. Uh, they, they could not survive once Bauer uh, got suspended and uh, other injuries went happened. They, they could not survive. The wheels started to fall off when Dustin May got injured. And I'm, I'm the biggest believer in this dude. I think he is going to be a perennial Cy Young award winner. Uh, we've seen Jacob deGrom come back from Tommy John throwing harder than he did before. So imagine that with Dustin may, I'm just glad he's, he's a Dodger, uh, because they're going to take care of his arm. He might not pitch next year. Uh, but if this dude was a, a member of the San Diego Padres, uh, his career would be over. They would have put scotch tape on his arm and sent him out there in three weeks. So Overall, disappointing season for Dustin May, but in the five games, how can you not be excited about this kid? He was electric. Yeah, that, that was that was a huge blow because you're right. It threw the rest of the pitching rotation off kilter and they had to do they these never bull- recovered. They had to do these bullpen games pretty much the rest of the season. And they never recovered. When he went down in May, right? Uh I think it might have been the last day May of April. First. May first. May first. Oh, it yeah. was May first. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just unfortunate, but um, yeah, A's across the board. Uh, next is a friend of the show, uh, Alex Vessia. Um, what a surprise. What a treat he was uh, down the stretch in, in the playoffs. This guy was electric. Um, unfortunately, uh, David gave him a B plus. I mean, sorry, Kevin gave him a B plus. David gave him an A minus and I gave him an A. Uh, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on why you guys made those grades for him. Um, maybe it had something to do with the fact that uh, his May was pretty atrocious. Um, that was his, his worst month by far. He pitched in nine games. He had a 652 ERA, kind of thrown in the fire there a little bit in, in extra inning games when the Dodgers ran out of pitchers and it was sort of like down to Mitch White and uh, Alex Vessia and they just weren't ready um, but we had him on the show. He said they, you know, once they, once they sent him down, he kind of got reset. And when he came back, he was awesome. Um, his July, I mean, you take the, the games he pitched in may, right. He pitched in nine games in may nine and two thirds innings. Like I said, six fifty two ERA in July, nine games again, 0.9 ERA, yeah. 10 innings. I mean, just electric stuff. Um, then, then in August, he had a 0.84 ERA in September, he had a 1.29 ERA. Um, and he, he was just, he was just dominant down the stretch. I mean, big moments, big strikeouts that he got, um, huge momentous strikeouts. 
And in the postseason, he was great too. Uh, he had a 2.08 ERA, uh, four and a third inning, seven strikeouts, the whip a little high, 1.85. Um, he, he, he did, it was a little shaky there, but generally speaking, when you brought this guy in, it was lights out and, and what a, a, uh, an upgrade or not, I shouldn't say an upgrade, more like a replacement for what Victor Gonzalez was in 2020. Um, that's what we expected out of Victor Gonzalez again, but Alex Vesia stepped up and basically took over that role. I actually think I gave him a spot on grade because you mentioned it his first couple months he was very shaky didn't really have good control did give up a home run to brandon crawford in the postseason and i look at these things as a scope of the entire season like if you turn in a paper and you have a bad opening first paragraph it's not an a paper and that was essentially the narrative with bessia he finished very strong and that's why i think a b plus is very justifiable for what he did for us yeah if it was if it was you know you take out his first stint then it's an a plus Straight up. Yeah. Shane Green gave him an F. <laughs> David gave him a B. I don't know how. And Jake gave him a C. You know, obviously it was a bargain deal, not a whole lot expecting. But at the end of this, at the end of the day, he was a failure for the Dodgers. The 405 ERA is somewhat deceiving because he actually had a 662 FIP and they had to cut him loose. And who knows? Maybe that came back to bite the Dodgers later on because we definitely needed arms come down the stretch. What happened to Nate Jones? Uh, the mystery of Nate Jones. Never good. He was yeah. not. He was. He was decent. He, he was, was good for a couple outings there, but then it kind of, it kind of fell off. Thirty-one there. ERA, eight twenty-five FIP, and he gave up four home runs over eight and two-thirds innings. He what's he wrong with that? Couple, it was what? his first outing. Just created a legend. It's like he. It was in San Francisco. I was at the game. Uh, First appearance as a Dodger was like thrust into the fire. It was like the ninth inning, I think. And he just got like a one, two, three inning. And then everyone was like, yep, wagon. And then after, and after that, it was just, it was just not the same. All right. Next we got Phil Bickford. Me and Jake gave him an A. Uh, Kevin gave him a B plus. I don't know how you couldn't give this guy an A. Arguably the most consistent reliever after Trinan and Jansen all season long. Uh, he is the Citadel. He represents freedom he he we picked him up out of the dumpster uh after milwaukee threw him away and he was an innings eater out of the bullpen was pretty much dominant for his first couple months teams started to figure him out just a tad towards the end of the season uh but overall on the season you know 250 era 56 games 50 innings was dave roberts's workhorse only gave up six home runs in the year 103 whip you can't you can't ask for much more of that than a you know waiver wire pickup. Uh, this is a former first round draft pick who two teams have given up on, and then he comes to the Dodgers, gets with their pitching coaches, McGinnis, Pryor, all these guys, and becomes a reliable reliever, you know, seventh inning guy. So phenomenal season for Phil Bickford. Uh, like I said, phenomenal pickup for the Dodgers under team control for I believe four or five more years, uh, and he is the Citadel. Next up, we've got uh, Garrett Clevenger. Uh, is it Clevenger? Clevenger? Clevenger. Clevenger. Yeah, I don't know. He's, right. he's I, been I, gone too long for me to remember, man. I had it. I had it right, I guess. Um, 
Kevin gave him a C. David gave him a D. I gave him a C. Um, the reason I gave him a C is because uh, I, I did like there were some there were some flashes of of brilliance in there. He has some good stuff. Unfortunately, he got hurt, so that's the other reason why I didn't give him a lower grade because of the injury. But you know, he'll he'll be fine. He'll bounce back. And I think you know when when you when you consider you know all of the guys that that will be coming back, he'll definitely have a shot. How about this guy who came on the show before he was actually officially on the 40 man roster, Jimmy Nelson. We all gave him a B well-deserved. Unfortunately, his season was cut short, had to undergo Tommy John surgery. But before I dive into why his loss was huge, take a look at these numbers over 29, 29 innings pitched. He had a 186 ERA, a 189 FIP. So he was legitimate. You could argue he was their second best reliever behind Trinan up until the injury. And I think his loss uh, to that Dodgers bullpen might be huger than we're going to remember. If they had Jimmy Nelson in some of those spots in the postseason, maybe they go to him instead of Urias in game two or um, another game. Maybe they go to Nelson uh, instead of Walker Bueller during that spot. Who knows what could have happened? But Jimmy Nelson was high leverage. He was filthy. And this guy was elite. And it's a shame that we're not going to have him for probably another year because he was emerging as one of the best relievers in major league baseball. You probably yeah, don't have to use shame. him. Uh, you probably, you probably don't have to use Scherzer in that wild card game. If you have Nelson either, because you throw yep. him in the seventh, trying an eighth Jansen ninth. Oh yeah. the NLDS. I still don't think they, they needed Scherzer or Urias even with that team. But I, but I hear what you're saying. I, I, I think that was, that it was, it was a big blow. No doubt. All right. Uh, Joseph Kelly is up next. Um, Kevin gave him a B. David gave him a B. I gave him an A. Um, I just thought that his season uh, with the Dodgers, this was what um, Andrew Friedman paid Joe Kelly for. Just took a little longer than we wanted uh, for him to, to show up to the dance. But he was pretty good. And the reason I gave him an A is because in, in big, big spots – he came through in that wild card game uh, when he came in in relief of Scherzer. He shut shut it down. Uh, there were runners on base. The game looked like it was you know sort of in the balance there, and he came in and shut the door. Um, and and he did that throughout the season. He he was uh, a guy that Dave Roberts could rely on pretty pretty solidly. So that's why I gave him an A. Um, you look at his stats uh, over the season: two eighty six ERA. Uh, 44 innings pitch, 50 strikeouts, a whip under one. I mean, that that's, you know, that's really good. He was a part of one of, you know, the, the best bullpens we've ever seen uh, as Dodgers fans. When you, when you look at the bullpen collectively um, and, and yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing was, is he ended up getting hurt uh, and he, he almost, almost ended the, ended the NLCS in uh, at Dodger stadium but it was the bats that came alive in game five and, and kind of saved him after he gave up that two run shot to Freddie Freeman. Um, but I think overall, given the fact that he gets injured a lot, he had a pretty good year. Next, we got Evan Phillips. I gave him a B plus Jake gave him a B Kevin gave him a B minus not much to say here. Only 10 innings on the year. All I'm going to say is he's under team control for five or six more years. And that slider is going to destroy right-handed hitters for the future. I like what I like what this guy offers out of the bullpen. 
uh, I think he's going to be a stalwart in that bullpen for the years to come. Corey Knable is a very exciting addition in the offseason. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him because his season was cut in half due to the lat strain. But when he was on the mound, he was flat out filthy. One of the best curveballs, I think, in all of Major League Baseball. Can't say enough about him. He did anything that the Dodgers asked him to do, whether it was start a game last second against the Giants when uh, Dave Roberts is showboating, texting Gabe Kapler in the middle of the night, revealing his strategy, or pitching in the toughest spots in the later innings. But yeah, Corey Knable was awesome, and I really hope they bring him back. All uh, right. We, we all gave him Bs. Uh, Jake gave him a B plus. All right. Next, we got Kenley Jansen. Uh, Kevin and I gave him A's. Jake gave him an A+. And frankly, he probably deserves an A+. I mean, this guy had one of his best seasons of his career. 69 games, 38 for 43 in save opportunities, 69 innings, 104 whip, 222 ERA. And he only got better after those couple blown saves against San Francisco. He was phenomenal pretty much the entire year. Uh, He reinvented himself as a pitcher. Uh, it, it took him a while, but he finally realized that he can't just get by with just the cutter. Uh, he tinkered with his, with his windup, with his hips, started throwing the curveball more breaking ball more and became arguably a top three closer in baseball. You can't say enough about what Kenley Jansen did. It's a shame he wasn't out there that they weren't able to win the world series this year and have him close it out. Uh, because I do think he has pitched for the last time as a Dodger, but Heck of a way to go out for Kenley Jansen. Props to him for completely changing pretty much his whole game. He literally only had three bad games the entire year. And they were all basically back to back to back. And then that was it. He was just, he was just lights out. And I gave him an A plus because who would have expected him to have this type of season? I certainly didn't. I called him a, uh, you know, not a high leverage pitcher anymore at the beginning of the season, because that's, I mean, come on. I mean, based on the body of work in 2020 and what happened with Julio Urias on the mound, closing out the 2020 World Series, no way in hell did I think Kenley Jansen was going to turn it around. And he was even better than, than you know, he basically rivaled the, the, the peak of his career. 100%. Still a bad take, but we'll address that in a later episode. How is it a bad take? He could still be a seventh or eighth inning guy. Like that's still high leverage. Like he wasn't going to be like a Shane Green where we're going to throw him out in meaningless situations. I don't know, dude. They 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 didn't go to him in high leverage in the in in the World Series. That's the they that's did. the barometer. They did until the, um, yeah game four, and then yeah. they were like, all right, this is this yeah. is done. He was they, the only one left. Well, thankfully, Roberts made the adjustment because we really needed it. Yeah, Dennis Santana. We actually had 16 games with Dennis Santana. That was rough. I gave him an F. David gave him a big nutsack C. Yeah. And Jake gave him an F. He rivals Yuseta as maybe the worst pitcher to throw for the Dodgers this season. (laughs) That's that's unfair. (laughs) But what's actually surprising with Santana was the first four outings or three outings of spring training, he was looking like a new guy. He was getting everyone out. He had – Awesome secondary pitches, generating a lot of whiffs. Then he had one stinker in spring training, and we said, okay, well, let's not put too much stock into this. This will happen to everyone. 
But then the regular season started. I think he had one awesome high leverage situation against the Padres, I want to say, where he preserved a tie. Uh, it was two. It was two. He got out of the bases loaded jam to save the game in San Diego, and they did the same thing in Houston. So two of the bigger well, you know, rivalry games all year. The Houston, the Houston he, one was the year before, right? The, they, oh, were, they were both the year before. No, no, no. no the, the, the San Diego San... one was 100% yeah, this year. Yeah. Oh, the San Diego one, yeah. The San Diego one was this year. The Houston one was the, was a year yeah, before. Whatever. Either way, giant nutsack on that guy. <laughs> he liked the neck tat. That's all yeah. I remember. Never, never. Here's a, here's a tip for everyone. Never fight with someone who has a neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about Santana. <laughs> uh, Brewstar Gratterall, the bazooka. Uh, this guy really came alive uh, towards the end of the season. And in the postseason, he was pretty dominant. And we gave him Bs across the board. And I think that's only because his regular season was not great. Uh, but he was great down the stretch. Uh, overall for the season, it sort of uh, doesn't really tell the story. I mean, he had a 459 ERA. And it just didn't look like he was going to be able to miss any bats whatsoever. Um, just through, through hundred miles an hour, but, but didn't really have any movement on the, on the ball. Um, but figured it out somehow, uh, mixed in a, a really nasty breaking pitch, uh, that he was able to just fool everybody. Uh, when you have that much of a discrepancy between your fastball and your curveball, I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody else that, that, that has that sort of difference in speed. Um, but in the postseason. He pitched nine innings, a one ERA, a whip of 0.44, seven strikeouts. Just ridiculous. Um, so he, yeah, he deserves a B from, from all of us. And, and it's, and it really is, it, he got actually um, his performance down the stretch and in the postseason probably raised his overall grade from a D to a B. Yeah. He really turned it on in the postseason. It's, it's really encouraging for the next season. You know, he might make the loss of Jansen if that happens less painful. So hopefully Groudrell carries that momentum over. All right. Justin Brule, uh, B minus from Kevin and B pluses from myself and Jake. Uh, he's been in the Dodger system for four years, uh, was thrust up into the big leagues, uh, right into the fire, no triple a and pitched 21 games, 289 ERA, 18 innings, 107 whip. Couldn't really ask for more. Kind of, you know, shepherded the Victor Gonzalez role pretty well. Uh, Would have liked to see them trust him more in the playoffs. Uh, but I like this kid. I think he's got good stuff. He's he's shown he is capable of pitching well in big moments. Uh, and I think he he can be a stable piece of this bullpen for the years to come. Next up, we got the wonderful Scott Alexander. You hate him so much. I gave him an F. We got a see ya from David and we got a not available from Jake. The 293 ERA is very deceiving because he actually had a whip or a FIP of nearly five. He had a whip of 1.239. That's not terrible, but we only got 18 games out of him. He spent two 60 day IL stints on the, this season. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life where a pitcher had two 60 day stints on the IL He's been one of the biggest busts in recent memory. You know, we thought this would be like a high leverage sinker ball guy, Zach Britton light out of the pen and it's yet to pan out. And hopefully this is the end of the cockroach where they finally non-tender him. I think it is. They're going to need some spots on that 40 man roster. Uh, finally for me, Victor Gonzalez, this was a very, very 
disappointing year for Victor. Um, and yeah, so Kevin gave him a D. David gave him a D. I gave him an F. Just, just brutal. Um, I couldn't he, bring myself to give him an F. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. I know you like him. I like him too. I think. I, I think he is. I, I really hope he's not a one-hit wonder. Um, but because I think he's got nasty stuff, and we know he was dealing with it with a knee injury. You don't know how that played into it. Um, but yeah, he just he just could not rely on him at all. Uh, and it would have been nice to have him in the bullpen down the stretch with Vessia and not, you know, I mean, look, you know, we don't go to Julio Urias. If we have 2020 Victor Gonzalez in the bullpen, you bring in Victor Gonzalez for that, for that eighth inning. And then you preserve Urias. Could have used Justin. Right. But, but Roberts didn't trust Brule. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, I mean, he even said that in the post game, he didn't trust him. So, you know, damn well, if we had 2020 Victor Gonzalez, we wouldn't have had to go to Julio Urias. Maybe the, you know, maybe the series is different. Yeah. All right. Last man, Blake Trinan. I was actually outdone here. Uh, Kevin and I gave him A's and Jake gave him an A plus. Uh, 72 games on the year, 199 ERA, 72 innings, 85 strikeouts, 098 whip, 179 batting average against. The best high leverage reliever in baseball, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. Also, by far the most disgusting stuff in baseball. No ifs, ands, or buts. Friend of the program. Uh, what can you say? This has been one of Friedman's best signings, and he is just unfair to send out there this often. Uh, you could make a case he's a top three reliever in baseball. It's certainly there for you. But in terms of non-closers, he is by far the best reliever in baseball. He literally came through every single time that you put him out there. No, like uh, lit- literally. He, he, he didn't. He had four blown saves on the year. Yes, you can blow, and blow, blow a save, not in the ninth inning, if you didn't know that. Four times out of 72 games. And, and he did, um, unfortunately, give up the, uh, the game-winning hit in game one of yep. the NLCS, which was unfortunate. Um, but I blame that game on the offense. <laughs> I blame both those games on the offense, really. Um, we're not in that situation if they actually came through, but I actually thought that as, as much as Roberts uses Trinan, I thought we should have used him more. Um, I thought we should have relied on him more. Um, I, I feel like he could have, he could have shouldered more workload in the postseason. definitely more workload than, than Bueller or Urias. I mean, to put those guys in those situations when they're already pitching more innings than they've ever pitched in their lives, the fact that they didn't rely on on Trinan and Jansen more is I, I don't understand how how you don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. So any final thoughts on the pitching in general? I just want to say I think you can make a strong case. This was the best Dodgers pitching staff ever assembled. They led Major League Baseball with a 301 team ERA. They were even better in the second half. They just got the job done and even though it maybe it didn't work out in the postseason, they still really carried it when the offense didn't show up most nights and those bullpen games. Yeah. They might've been taxing, but for the most part, they were successful and the numbers back it up. Overall grades from us A's right for the bull, for the, uh, for oh, the, yeah. for the pitchers. Yeah. Uh, hey. One guy we didn't grade Dave Roberts. Good. I'm glad you that brought was, him up. That, that's you can take that as a question. Um, I'm going to say, uh, 
I'm, I'm struggling between B plus and A minus. I'm going to go A minus. I'm going B. I'll go B plus. I think he did pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. Not I'm, phenomenal, I'm, I'm, but pretty damn good. Yeah. Better than, better than he's done in the past in the postseason, I'd say. Yeah. And, and the regular season. I'll take B plus from him all, all day. You want to give he's not why they, he's not why they lost the the, the NLCS though. I just want to throw no, that out no, there again. Hundred no, percent. No. Yeah, he's not the reason they lost. Definitely. Should we give one to Andrew Friedman as well? Yeah, sure. I give him an A plus. A, yeah, A. He put he he put that roster together. They just didn't do it. I mean, you really can't put put together a better roster than this. You it would literally be impossible. I mean, he got the big starting pitcher in the offseason. Turns out that guy sucks. Uh, as a person and couldn't help for the Dodgers. Then you get Scherzer and Trey Turner. I mean, what more can you do as a general manager? You can't do anything. You got Duffy and Hamels to try to, you know, and then they both get hurt. I mean, there's literally nothing else he could have done. Yeah. I mean, even, he even said it, he expected more from this offense. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. He can't, he can't help Max Muncy not get hurt. I'll get, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So that's going to conclude the grades from the Incline Dodgers. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Help us out. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter. Our handles are in the description below. So hot until stove next- coming up. Hot Tucker stove Barnhart time. off yep. <laughs> off the hot stove. This is my least favorite episode to do because baseball is so far away. But now these ep- next coming episodes are exciting with the offseason stuff. Yep. We got the Incline Awards coming up, so stay tuned for that. We'll have the nominations out very soon. I want you all to participate in that. That should be a fun one as well. But, yeah, until the Dodgers or something cool in Major League Baseball happens, hope you guys have a great week. You'll hear from us next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.